You're listening to the Art of Parenting podcast. I'm your host, Jeanne-Marie Penel. My intention is to share with you simple tips and tricks that will make a huge difference in your home, as well as giving you all the support and encouragement you deserve to enhance your parenting experience. I've created this safe place for us to explore the issues and concerns that matter to you bringing you clarity and solutions with Q&A sessions and inspirational conversation with world-renowned experts in a variety of fields. I'm a firm believer that parenting was never meant to be done alone, and I'm here to debunk the general consensus that it has to be hard. A warm welcome to you, and thanks for tuning in. Well, welcome back to The Art of Parenting. This is Jeanne-Marie Penel, your host. And today I have a guest that I'm really thrilled to be having a conversation with. Um, and I know a lot of you have actually reached out and asked me to have her on The Art of Parenting. So I am honored to have Teresa with us today. And Teresa is a busy businesswoman and mother of two young children, uh, two under two. And uh, so, Teresa, I'm going to kind of let you introduce yourself as we have uh, our conversation. And first of all, I just want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule, because we know how having two little ones at home can be very busy. Yeah, well, thank you for having me on. I'm excited to be here and to talk to you today. Okay, perfect. So a question that I always like to start out with is, how do you define the art of parenting? That is a good and kind of hard question. Um, I would <laughs> I would say the art of parenting is really just showing yourself grace and forgiveness while also striving to do better tomorrow. Um, some days are just really hard and we feel frustrated or disappointed in ourselves as parents. Um, but I just try to reframe that as a learning experience and think about how I could handle it better next time. So just as we want our children to be able to fall and get back up again, we want to be able to model the same. And I think the, or at least an art of parenting is simply modeling being a respectful and loving, but also a human human. Yes, human with feelings and with doubts and with making mistakes, right? Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. So before we, we get uh, too involved in our the thick of the conversation, I would love for you to just share a little bit about yourself and how you came to do the work that you are doing um, today, because I know that you're a mom, but you also share a lot about what it is to be a mom, especially with your Montessori background and such. So how did you come about, first of all, discovering Montessori and then doing the work that you're doing today? I first discovered Montessori when I was applying to teaching assistant jobs right out of college. Um, and I ended up landing in a Montessori toddler classroom. And I didn't really know anything about Montessori at the time, but I immediately fell in love with the philosophy, just seeing the care that went into the environment and the respect that the guides showed the children. Um, and then just seeing the pride and joy on the toddlers' faces in that class just was really memorable for me. And I don't know, it just kind of changed me. But at the time, I was already on a path towards uh, a PhD in developmental psychology. So I 
kind of kept pursuing that um, and ended up going to graduate school. Uh, but partway through my PhD program, I realized I just couldn't see myself in academia. And after a lot of back and forth, just decided to change my life course. And I went back to Montessori and got my certification for infant and toddler. And I didn't teach for too long before my husband and I found out we were expecting, but um, it just really shaped my life course and how I live my life and also how I'm obviously now raising my children. Um, and so I started the blog when my oldest, who's two, was just a newborn, kind of as a way to capture our own Montessori at home journey. And I've just always loved to write. So it was just a good outlet for me. And then over time, it just grew and became a way to help other parents incorporate Montessori at home as well. Um, so it's definitely grown a lot more than I expected, but it has been fun to see such a huge growth in other people's interest in Montessori. Um, I just feel like it wasn't that uh, popular for the first three years, especially, and now it's become huge. So it's fun to see that that growth happen. It is, and and you do a beautiful job of just sharing the the day to day. And and I know you know being trained. I know to me it feels like I get to observe. Right? We we were trained to observe so much, and and for me it's really what you share is kind of that observation journal. And I, I just really appreciate that. So uh, thank you. And, and one thing that you, that you said that is, that is very interesting is the fact that you feel there is more interest in kind of the Montessori way of parenting. And, you know, why do you think that interest has grown these past few years? Yeah, I was just thinking that too. Um, I think it's been in the media more. Um, I think there's been uh, just more articles about it and the long-term influence of early Montessori education um, and more Montessori schools have been popping up. Um, Monty Kids uh, was launched. So it's just kind of become more in the public eye, I think. Um, than it ever was yeah, before. Which is, which is a wonderful yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah. Which is a wonderful thing. And then, and then when you say, you know, in the news and kind of the long term, it's true when we have, you know, kind of the, 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 what do you say, the star students, you know, when we know that the founders of Google, mm -hmm. for example, were, you know, say that they, they owe it to their Montessori um, education is definitely helpful to get the benefits out there. So, so yes, very nice. Very nice. So um, I know we talked a bit offline about kind of we wanted to focus our conversation around the fact that you just recently, um, just a little bit over five months, you transitioned from uh, being the mom to one little girl to now being uh, the mother to two children. And so I would love for you to kind of maybe dive into you know, maybe your experience, but also maybe advice for parents who are maybe about to go into this transition. And uh, because I know I get a lot of, you know, maybe questions about, first of all, you know, the spacing, what is appropriate, what isn't. For me, that is just such a personal choice and, and you know, life happens. So um, 
that that's, you know, that's not my question. My question is more about how do you prepare yourself and your home environment to welcome uh, an infant in the in the environment that you have been, you know, already nurturing for your toddler? Um, well, as with everything with parenting, it's been very challenging, but also extremely rewarding at the same time. So um, since we've introduced baby S in our family, I've just been really impressed with Dee's adjustment to it all. Um, obviously, we always worry about our first and how they'll react. Um, but her nurturing side has just really shown. Um, and it's fun to see how much she loves to help collect supplies, to change his diaper, or just go, <laughs> we'll be sitting eating snack together. And she hears him kind of make a noise over on his play mat. She's like, I got to go check on him. I'll be right back. And, <laughs> and she always just wants to read books together before bed. Um, and he thinks she's the most amazing, you know, human on the planet. She just he has the biggest smile for her. So it's really fun to see. And I couldn't have quite imagined that when I was pregnant of just how sweet it would be. Um, but at the same time, some days are really challenging. Um, and just, I think the biggest challenge for me is just finding the time for everything um, between the quality time together and time with family and friends, the housework, the blog, not to mention sleep. Uh, I just had to let a few more things go since having two and show myself some grace. Um, the laundry does pile up and I don't feel like I exercise very much and I <laughs> never feel like a good enough friend or sister to all the wonderful women in my life. But I, I don't know, my heart is just so full and I am happier than ever. And I think I would say it's that type two happiness for sure where I may not feel happy in every moment, but I feel so fulfilled. My life just has a wonderful new meaning and purpose, raising these two incredible littles. And it's just kind of one crazy season right now with the two, not under two, but two and new newborn. And soon enough, it'll be a different season with different demands and maybe more time. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. And what I love what you say, you know, is this whole, that's what you say about giving yourself grace too, I think is so important because uh, already with one, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves and then two, we think, oh, you know, we can do it all, but it's true. It's just prioritizing, you know, sleep, sleep being your first priority, right? I try. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I just wanted to share one thing when you said that he only has eyes for her. Uh, so mine are, are, you know, quite older. And my daughter was four when her brother was born. But he only had eyes for her. And his first words Aww. were actually her name. Oh, oh, that's so, sweet. you know, it just it's just it, it's and it's a love that is just so beautiful to still see to this day, like they they, you know, they have conversations that I'm not privy to. And that is that is fine. You know, that is um the giving them siblings is really important. So thank you. Um, yeah. So yeah, if you, it really is. A gift. It is. It is. Um, and if you wouldn't mind, uh, because you, I, I know you said challenging and at the same time, you know, so rewarding. But what advice would you have maybe for those who are considering maybe having a second or who are expecting a second? Kind of maybe some things that you did. Um, 
to prepare yourself, uh, you know, emotionally, spiritually, Mm -hmm. and then also just how you prepared the environment, because I know the environment is so important in our Montessori home. Right. Um, It's funny, I think I did much more to prepare myself before Dee was born than the second, um, just because I think I was just naturally preparing as I watched and felt him grow. And I just felt a little bit more or a lot more confident in myself as a mom and what this was going to be like. And it was also just so busy with a toddler that I didn't have as much time to really go to my, you know, prenatal yoga classes and uh, the things that I did with my first. Um, And it helped to just remind myself that, you know, millions and millions of women have done this before and had many children and we would figure it out too. So I think I spent more time preparing D for this, which then translated to kind of preparing myself as well. Um, and uh, the biggest way I think was her, she came along to every doctor's appointment with me, which was at the time I was like, oh, this is really hard, always bringing her. But she just absolutely loved coming along and listening to her baby brother's heartbeat. And I'll just always look back on those appointments fondly now because she was just sitting on my belly every time and getting so excited to hear that rhythmic sound. And she still sometimes asks to hear the heartbeat. And now she, so then we listen to her baby brother's heartbeat and my heartbeat and hers. And I don't know, it's just kind of a special thing. It is. It's beautiful. And and it's such a natural way to to prepare her. Like this mm-hmm. is this is part of life. Like you're you're part of this uh wonderful event. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. and we just did a lot of kind of practice at home together. She she just naturally started showing uh strong interest in her baby doll when she was about 18 months old and So we did a lot with that practice bathing and dressing um, and just kind of helped us talk about a baby. And we had a lot of big sister books, which are still some of her favorite books to read. And she helped me prepare the environment, like you mentioned. So we didn't do as much of that too, like very ahead of time. But as we got closer, you know, we set up his little movement area together and she kind of helped pick out rattles and things that he may not want to use right away, but she doesn't know that. And um, putting his clothes away. And it just kind of, I think, helped it become more real for her What that someone else was going to be entering our home soon. Um, but yeah. <laughs> and in terms of our home, I think as I showed on Instagram, we didn't really set up his nursery until after he was born. Just logistically, it was our guest room and we needed it for my husband's parents when they were visiting. But then when he was on paternity leave, we could kind of turn it all around and into his room. But I feel like our home is just a constant work in progress and evolving as the kids grow. And I kind of love that we just change it throughout their early years. And I don't know, our home is just so special and it's just such a part of our family. And I think about that the dynamic triangle between, you know, adult and environment and child. And 
our home is just such a, a piece of our relationship too. So when you say that you've uh, prepared his nursery, they, they sleep in separate rooms? Is he still with you? He sleeps in his room for nap times, and we're just about to have him start sleeping in his room for night, but he still sleeps next in our room for nighttime. Yeah, so, but I think we're, we're yeah, we're just about ready to make that shift towards his own room, though. I think he's ready. He's just so much more aware now, I think, for him to get a better night's sleep, but yeah. And and have you have you found, like, I mean... You did such an amazing job of preparing um, your daughter to to be, you know, the 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 eldest and the the caring sibling, and it sounds like she just has that naturally, which I truly believe all children do. But yeah. uh, have you, you know, have you found that there are times that are maybe more challenging than others, where maybe she's missing that one on one attention with you, and and how do you deal with that? Mm -hmm. I, we definitely have some tough moments, especially when she's, you know, tired and I'm trying to get him down for a nap and she wants the attention. Um, I've found that it's helpful. She, as I said, likes to be a helper. So often we'll do his kind of nap time routine together and she'll help pick out a book and we'll all read it together or she'll kind of rock her baby doll around the room while I'm doing the same with her brother. Um, but it does help that he he's a great napper and he naps in his room. And so often their naps, for better or for worse, they don't line up. And I have that time with her while he's sleeping. And I think she really appreciates that time. And we can kind of snuggle on the couch and read some books together. Um, I don't know. We try to find the the one-on-one -on -one time when we can. Um, mm -hmm. And conversely, she's in a Montessori program a few mornings a week, which has been really great for her. Um, kind of has this special thing. She loves her teachers and she loves her friends and she really gets excited about it. Um, but then is also so excited to see us after. And we still get to come home and have lunch together. So it's a nice balance. And it's nice for me to have that time with her little brother, too, um, when she's at school. So yeah, yeah, definitely. Cause, yeah, yeah. Because that can be a challenge of, I mean, I know, for me is, is, you know, having had that one on one time for, you know, four years, and then suddenly yeah. you, you, and the second one, or, you know, the third, the fourth, that they, they're just going to get a different relationship just because they are not the number one. Right. So yeah. it's, it's, it's not, uh, you know, it's nothing bad or wrong. It's just the way it is. And, um, yeah. yeah. And honestly, I think because she was so young, not quite two years when he was born, it's like, she doesn't know any different. I don't know. I mm -hmm. thought there would be a mm -hmm. lot more, jealousy or but it's almost like she doesn't remember the time before him which she she does but she uh, more often asks for him than the other way around it's like oh. she, she wants him around so that has surprised me kind of um it's only so, when it's bedtime that she you know wants me instead of her daddy or something like that you know but right right 
Yeah. Um, and actually, that just just to segue, I I had uh, posted on Instagram that you would be um, that I'd be interviewing today, and I did have a few questions, and one of them was actually about um, a mom wrote in saying, "I'd love to know about." more about respecting the nap needs of the new sibling with a toddler in tow, because she felt, she says, I don't want to keep her cooped up just so baby can sleep, but napping on the go is hard for us. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like that's not really an issue for you, but um, <laughs> any, any, any advice there or, you know, how, how have you made the best of it? Right. Um, We've kind of found a nice balance where even the mornings where Dee doesn't have school, we try to get out of the house. I think it just it's better for all of us if we get out of the house every day or almost every day um, and just get some fresh air. So S pretty much takes a nap on the go every morning. Um, and it's not really a good nap, I'll admit, you know, but I think... I worry less this time around because I know he'll catch up and he'll get what he needs when we're back home. Um, but it is nice for all of us to just be out and about and he will sleep in the carrier pretty well. Just, it's not a long nap, you know, it's, it's kind of one sleep cycle nap. So that has helped us, I think, so that we don't feel cooped up and then we're usually home the rest of the day and I try to, and then he takes a nap or two naps in his own bed. Um, and that seems to give him the sleep he needs. Uh, he does seem to sleep better than she did. And whether that's his personality or just second child and I'm more relaxed about it. So he's more relaxed about it. Uh, it's kind of hard to say. So I do think you, yeah, go ahead. No, I, I was going to say, it's funny because I wrote down, uh, I worry less because I yeah. think that that is so true of that second one, because we know that, oh, they're not that fragile. Like they're not going to break. Like it's, mm-hmm. everything's going to be okay. Right? right. So we're reassured that we've gone through it once and, and, and we did survive and, and everything is fine and our children are thriving and such. So, um, yeah, that's, yeah. that's so true. Mm-hmm. What were what were you gonna you were gonna add something? I don't remember. No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, I do have another question that came in from um, the Instagram, and this is about um, how important is the help of your partner when you have a new baby? So important. Um, I'm really grateful. <laughs> I'm really grateful to my husband. Um, for his help. And he's lucky to have a pretty good paternity leave. Uh, So he had, uh, I think, eight weeks, which he didn't take all at once. But it was really, really nice to have that during the adjustment period. And really good for Dee. I think that really helped her because she could have that time with him when I obviously was nursing all the time in the beginning. Um, And I think... You know, it's hard. I think it was harder to find for him to find his role with just one child because, you know, as the mom or the mother, you're the one, if you're nursing, you're the one providing that and kind of naturally with the sleep. And so with the second, I think he felt empowered in having such a important role in helping Dee with her adjustment and helping around the house and cooking dinners and 
all of that. So I think that was, it was really, really nice. We don't, neither of us have family immediately, like really close to us. So we really have to support each other. Uh, and overall, you know, he works long hours. So I do do most of the parenting during the week. Uh, but it's just those small things that really help, like getting D up in the morning and ready for school or coming home and doing bath time. Um, so, yeah, I think support is huge just so that you can, especially with two, you know, you can each have one and you feel like, okay, we can do this. <laughs> Uh Yeah. No, and I love what you say also about just empowering the dads to kind of have their own routine and relationship with the children. Like for me, that starts, you know, with with the first one with with, uh, the infant and such, but it's true. It's, it's harder when there is just one and there's two adults. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and, and I think as moms, we tend to be maybe a little bit uh, overprotective, let's say (laughs) at times. And the second one, well, we, we, we welcome that help and we, you know, so, um, so yes, definitely very important. Um, yeah, to to get their help. And very I nice. And I thank and please and please thank him this morning for. <laughs> I, I was going to say he's manning the he's manning it exactly. all right now. So I can be doing yeah. this podcast. <laughs> yeah, for for all the listeners, we're recording this on a Saturday afternoon because <laughs> uh, this was the only time that <laughs> that Teresa could have exactly. Well, I so can never thank count you. On naps coinciding. So of like, course, no. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So thank you. Yeah, but I will say I really have immense respect for moms who are doing this parenting thing on their own because my husband does have to travel sometimes and those weeks are really challenging. I think it's almost like more challenging, not with the, I can, you know, get the kids up and do that whole thing and get them down for a bed, but then not having that person to kind of hash out the day with, uh, or just to help with the dishes and just to like connect with, another adult at the end of the day is it's really hard. And so I really value him being here. And I really, I don't know, just makes me think of all the women who are, you know, doing this even more on their own. And it's a lot. Yeah. Moms and dads. I mean, there's a lot of single dads out there also, you know, doing it. I, I was raised by a single mom and we're three and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just have so much respect for, (laughs) for how tough that must've been. And, um, so, so yes, um, we do need our partners. So thank you partners. (laughs) Uh, the other question that came in and this is more about, um, so she asked how not to undo the work, um, and she says, sacrifice you have done to create a routine for the older child when the new baby arrives. So did you feel that your uh, toddler's routine has been kind of put off? Has that been a challenge or were you able to to kind of adapt all of that? Yeah, I think for us, we were actually able to maintain her routine pretty well, um, I don't know. I think I, again, I stressed more about that than I needed to because it just wasn't as hard to maintain her routine as I thought. I think we fell into a routine with the 
with our new baby faster too. Like he just kind of adapted into a routine, whereas Dee didn't really have a routine until she was much older. Um, just because we kind of are home at certain times for Dee to take her nap or to have dinner and that kind of thing. And so um, trying to think if, you know, obviously some things have changed, but I don't know, that's a tough one. And and what you did say is that you probably worried more than you needed to, you know, and I'm I'm definitely of that belief where I think we make a bigger deal than it needs to be because our children are so uh, like they adapt. They just, you know, she's, she's happy to have a, a baby brother to play with and to talk to and read books. And so she adapts, you know, it's not like, oh my gosh, you've messed up my routine. No, that's, that's, you know, that's, that's what we as the adult or the parents kind of worry about. And, and like you say, you know, they pick up on our stress. So, um, yeah. 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 I think she just kind of has gone with the flow and yeah, I worry way more than I need to. I think in general, that's sort of what we do. It's like she was sick for a week from school and then like, oh no, it's going to be hard going back and not at all. Like she, she's fine. <laughs> I don't know. And she, and it's funny because I know, you know, having been in the Montessori environment, um, children just know that that is a place for them. Like they are so eager to get back Mm -hmm. to it, you know, where it's kind of, it's been set Mm -hmm. up for them. And I remember children, you know, after a week of a week break, and I would think, you know, I would worry that it was going to be a tough adjustment. And no, not at all. You would see that big grin on their face of like, oh, I'm home, kind of, I've returned, you know? So, so that's wonderful. She was probably eager to get back. I think so. Yeah. And it helps that we do, there is a nice flow because we do so much Montessori. Our home is so similar in some ways to school um, that it was just, it's been an easy transition for her overall, I think. Mm-hmm. And what, what would you say to that effect? Because you, you say that your home is very similar. Is it, um, because I know I'm kind of the, the, you know, mindset of not wanting too many of the didactic material that we have in the school environment at home, because I, you know, I've always felt that I want them to be excited to go to the, the school environment. But are you saying that that actually helps her transition from back and forth? Or do you not, you have similar activities, but maybe not the same? Yeah, I would say similar, but not the same. And it probably changes with age. But I feel like with toddlers, especially at her age, she doesn't mind if it's the same either. Um, You know, she, she loves sameness. (laughs) So I think for her doing, you know, I know she loves to do knobbed cylinders and stickers at school. And she also loves to do knob cylinders and stickers at home. And maybe I think it feel it makes her comfortable and feel secure that there are similar activities in both settings. But I could see with an older toddler or child that it's boring, maybe if it's the same. But I think toddlers don't get bored by sameness. They, they like thrive with sameness. Yeah, that's a very good point. Because it's true, they need that kind of that repetition and that sense of order and such. And I was thinking more the, you know, the three to six where we're getting into more kind of, you know, quote unquote, academic work where I've, I've always kind of 
you know, strayed parents from getting the didactic material at home because I didn't want them to tell me, oh, you know, I, I don't need to do this. I have it at home. <laughs> so, or, but okay. So we agree on that. <laughs> yes, totally. But I do uh-huh. appreciate that some things are different and she can, you know, dishwash to her heart's content at school. And then I don't always have to, you know, get that. I don't know. She kind of gets that out at school and then doesn't always need to do that at home. Not that it's bad to do at home, but sometimes that big water activity isn't you know, the easiest when I'm also trying to nurse the baby and that kind of thing. Of course. Of course. <laughs> um, I would love if you could, you know, as we wrap up, maybe give a sense of to those who maybe, you know, don't know much about Montessori and things because we've been kind of dialoguing as, you know, assuming that everybody listening knew. Um, and, and there is a whole episode just on Montessori. So those, you know, I do invite you to listen to that one. But I would love for you, Teresa, to kind of share what it means for you setting up the home, the, the Montessori home for your child. Yeah, I think setting up our home is just setting up an environment for, especially for Dee as a toddler, to really thrive in her independence and to feel confidence in her abilities. So it's just setting up, you know, places for her to be able to put on her own shoes or serve her own water or do her own dishes um, for her to find her own work on the shelf and set it up on a mat or a table and not always need my help. Um, And just seeing that excitement that she gets from completing something on her own or getting dressed herself for the first time. um, Just, it's really nice to see that, that confidence grow in her. Um, And for baby S, it's also allowing him just freedom to to move and to explore and to concentrate and build that focus on his own um, and just showing them respect as human beings, as uh, contributors to our family and just as important to our family as anyone else, probably the most important. Um, yeah. Yeah. And and what does it what does it bring you as the adult in the environment? What does it bring me? Yeah, having having that that environment set up for your children to to be able to do things independently. I don't know. It brings me joy to see them so happy, and it brings me. It definitely brings kind of a more sense of calm and peace into our home because they can just really focus and work by themselves in a sense. And I don't know, just to see them interact with the materials I have out or the way that we've set things up makes me feel like I love our home even more. And I don't know, I feel proud, but also just great that they feel so comfortable and so confident and right right yeah and to me I think it's just um where I was where I was trying to get you to go (laughs) is this idea that we are not 
constantly having to do things for our children. Right, right. And I think that's really, that's really a kind of a misconception that, that parents have is that they need to do things for them. And when, you know, when I see like the, the, the stories that you share of your two-year-old, she is just so independent and she's just doing all these things on her own. So yes, it does take some work setting it up, mm-hmm. but the but you reap the benefits of being able to sit back and enjoy watching her, you know, satisfy whatever needs she has, if she's hungry, if she's thirsty, if she wants to change clothes, all of that is, and to me, that's, that's really the beauty of it too for, for us, the adults in the environment. Right. I think the catch is that it is a lot to, to set up for them. <laughs> and, but I love being able to set it up for her. And I love, yes, exactly. I love both sides of it because I do enjoy setting it up. And I also enjoy seeing her be able to serve herself um, and the confidence she gets from that. And yeah, I don't have to pick as many battles maybe as, as maybe someone else would just because she is more independent and capable. Exactly. Exactly. Well, wonderful. Well, um, I could go on and on and I have plenty more questions, but I know I want to be uh, vigilant of your time and nap time uh, coming probably to an end. Um, I just, I have a personal question that I like to ask um, all of my guests. And that is, if you were to go back, so you say your eldest is two, so if you were go to go back mm-hmm. maybe two and a half years ago, um, any advice that you would give yourself uh, knowing what you know today about uh, motherhood, about parenting, that you would kind of the, the, wise, the, the wise words that you wish you had heard then? Yes. If I could go back in time, I would tell myself to worry less about the milestones of course, they're there for a reason, and we want to pay attention to them. But I think that we do too much comparing to other children and get so caught up in what our child should be doing rather than following their own natural development. So I was concerned with Dee about her being a late crawler and late walker, but she got there when she was ready in her own time. And now I know being cautious is just a part of her personality. So it's actually a very beautiful thing. (laughs) And I feel much more relaxed this time around. And I just know that baby S will have his own challenges and his own strengths, and he's going to follow his own timeline. So it's impossible not to compare a little bit, but I just think it's so important to embrace every child's uniqueness rather than focus on what they can't do, focus on what they can do and what they like to do. Um, And so I know I'm just really enjoying the second time around seeing his little personality start to shine through. And I can already see how it's quite different than his sister's. And so, yeah, I would just say less comparison and less, you know, worrying about every single milestone and just embracing that their own timeline. Beautiful, beautiful. And and I will, and and it's beautifully said, because it's true that we, you know, can definitely get into comparison, or even, you know, when we have two or several, we compare them. 
But one thing I will say just to the parents listening as well is to not compare our own parenting with those of others, because if you do follow Teresa, you know, for example, on Instagram, she has a gorgeous environment and has, you know, material out and all of this. But we have to remember that she is trained. She was in the classroom. She has that training. So, you know, it also goes with us comparing our ways of raising our children, our ways of setting up our homes is just do what feels good to you. And I just, I just needed to put in that little parent parentheses for, for parents, because I think that it's so easy to get into the, oh my gosh, look at her. It's so beautiful. I could never do that. And all of that. And that is just like, please let go of all of that. So sorry, I had to put that one in (laughs) because it is important. Yeah. 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 No, I completely agree. I think, yeah. And I always hear people say, um, or I've heard before, and I really Mm -hmm. like it, that you are the best parent Mm -hmm. for your child. And I really believe that. And so we're not meant to be the same parent. We all have different children and we're all different people. And I'm not even the same parent to both my children, you know, so they love us exactly as we are. And it's true. Exactly, exactly. Beautiful. Well, Teresa, um, how can our listeners learn more about your work and kind of learn? I know you came out last year with um, what you call the Montessori Guide. Could you tell us a little bit more about the work that you do? Yeah, so I have a blog, Montessori in Real Life. um, And my friend Bridget and I, uh, she has the blog Montessori in Motion we started a Montessori guide, which is just a month by month guide with suggested activities. Uh, It's from birth to 24 months. And so just kind of goes into the Montessori basics as well as how you can support your child's development month by month. Um, We're coming out with something exciting related to the Montessori guide soon. So stay tuned. Um, And then, yeah, you can also find me on Instagram, of course, at Montessori in real life. Well, wonderful. Well, this has been a delightful conversation. And and really, I thank you for taking the time. I thank your husband for, you know, watching the children so we could have this conversation. And I know it's going to be helpful to many parents listening. Well, thank you so much for having me on. Have I got something special for you today? Imagine how amazing it would be to get delivered right to your doorstep exactly what you need for your child's natural development. Created by my dear friend Zara Kassam, a certified Montessori teacher, Monty Kids provides a subscription-based, comprehensive, and authentic Montessori toy curriculum. I've personally set up homes and schools with Monty Kids toys, and I can assure you that they are of the highest quality and made with lots of care and love for each child that gets to play with them. With your subscription, you also get short video tutorials and guides to learn how and when to properly present the toys to your child. You even have access to personalized support classes, and a private community moderated by internationally certified Montessori educators. 
There are eight levels from birth to 36 months. That's three years of engaging, intelligent, and purposeful activities you don't need to worry about. And the best part is you can join at any time. Because we now know how important it is to start early, Monte Kids was created with the mission of helping you support your baby during the most critical years of development. Research shows that early brain development lays the foundation for all future learning and behavior. So don't delay. Check out Monte Kids on my favorite products page to learn more and get started today. I've also placed a direct link for you in the show notes. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Art of Parenting. And if you did, please make sure to share it with your loved ones. I'd also be grateful for a review on iTunes so it can get heard by many more. And remember, if you've got a question, let me know. I'm here for you. Till next time.